Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
so, so yeah, this piece of that kind of has messed up a lot of people's schedules because you probably went back to work on Thursday feeling like it was either a Monday or it was a Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of or course, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you got that one week next week and then Thanksgiving the week after. So, I don't know. Uh, the holidays, though, I was going to say, isn't this this time of year where our schedules just get all out of whack? Or yeah. is that just me? No. It's 100%. This is the time of year. It's always after. It's my birthday month. After my birthday month, it's just like, it's like the world goes, oh, we're almost the end of the year? Foot on the gas. It's just go, go, go. I've never had the end of the year be like easy like Sunday morning. Unfortunately, I'm looking over at all of my audio clips that I don't have anything to uh, match that. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, yeah. That's no, what we get for not talking to you for the show. <laughs> I'll come. Pre- I'll come prepared next time uh, with uh, a better clip for that. But um, yeah, it, it's just. I think because you have Thanksgiving, which you know, and some people generally take the Friday off too, because they're probably, uh, well, I would say, usually uh, out of town. Uh, some will not be this year. And then when you head into December, you've got. You know, Christmas and the things around Christmas, and then you have uh, the many different holidays before Christmas. Yeah, I, I think that's that's why I think after January first, people just like they need a vacation from the <laughs> vacation time. Uh huh. So yes. Uh, by the way, by and by, uh, as we always say, uh, we thank you for uh, joining us. Um, we're putting works on something that I hope, I hope to announce next week in regards to an extension of what we do. Um, you know, we're, of course, here on Blog Talk Radio. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we will be adding another outlet where you can catch our shows. Uh, there may even potentially be one more, but that one kind of is uh, 50-50, but we'll see. But we're adding on. I will tell you more about it next week. Um, here in Chicago, for those of you who have probably watched the news, it is probably just about the same as um, for the rest of you. But here, uh, you know, we mentioned COVID, and the cases are continuing to not only go up, but they're spiking in a high direction. Um, the president today actually stated that at least his administration for the time being is not going to do any type of national shutdown here in Chicago, though, uh, starting Monday for a lot of us, uh, we will be going not more on a stay at home advisory, uh, and more restrictions, uh, are going to be based on the case surge here throughout the city. Uh, and they are asking people beginning on Monday to stay in place pretty much for 30 days and to avoid any non-essential travel, and that if we travel, we have to quarantine for 14 days, depending upon the state, uh, and confirm a negative COVID test before coming back. And they're asking to cancel normal Thanksgiving plans. It seems to be happening uh, in a lot more other cities as they're kind of stretching into that, Uh, not fully because they know that they really can't 
put it down like that. But I was going to say, now that we're in, uh, and by the way, some of the new advisory rules, you can only leave home, it says, to go to work or school or for essential needs such as seeking medical care, going to the grocery store or pharmacy, picking up takeout food, or receiving deliveries. And if you do leave home, of course, you have to stay six feet. You can't have gatherings in your home, in your home, with anybody outside of your household except for essential staff such as healthcare workers or educators, even with trusted family or friends. Uh, and uh, early closure of non-essential businesses at 11, using remote modes of uh, communication like phone or video chat instead of visiting friends on Thanksgiving. Um, it's pretty much to tell you you can't do it. And I guess my question for especially you, you mean you live within the area, not in Chicago, but you're out in, well, I'm going to get this so wrong because I know that you are very, uh, I always say Nevada. I know some say Nevada. <laughs> but The people that get it right say Nevada. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, I use the fancy Nevada. <laughs> but when I say Las Vegas, I usually say Nevada. Uh, Nevada kind of yeah. sounds more like, yeah, Nevada. But uh, like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say, is the steps that this city is taking ones that other cities should be taking, or should they still rely on the people to do what's right? And if it doesn't go right by a specific date, then say, "Nah, we're just shutting this whole thing down." Oh, there's no right answer. Um... I know that other cities are looking at the Chicago's model, like what they're doing and, and forming their own that is similar. Um, I know a lot of states are looking at similar, like stay at home, don't let, you know, don't travel, the whole thing. Um, Nevada being one of them, I know that um, Governor Sislek has gone out and said, hey, you should really be at home for two more weeks, you know. Um, I know cities around Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Henderson, North Las Vegas, uh, Pahrump, um, even Boulder City are um, shutting down like their city halls, um, sending people back on to telecommuting if they had been coming in to work, um, doing stuff like that, stepping up enforcement. Um, Is it right? I don't know. I know people are getting tired of it. Um, people are tired of hearing about COVID. People are tired of, especially the and, and it's the people on both ends of the the two ends of the extreme spectrum. It's the people that haven't wanted to do anything like that because they don't believe in it, which, whatever. Um, or the people that are on the other end that are, I'm following every single directive that everybody's putting out there. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm wearing my mask. I'm staying six feet away from people. I'm not going out. I'm taking things, you know, I'm having things delivered. And I'm getting penalized for it because, I'm doing the right thing and other people aren't. Again, whatever you believe, anywhere on that spectrum, I think people are getting tired of it because they're somewhere on that spectrum and nothing seems to be working. Nobody's got it right. And I'm not saying that we don't have good things in place that could help, but I think part of it does hurt too. So there's no good answer. There's no right answer, unfortunately. I guess I'm trying to figure out where this all went wrong because it seemed that you would have thought back during the summer 
when a lot of people could have easily got complacent. Uh, everyone still was doing the things that it took. And then on top of that, the numbers were going. And then all of a sudden, here within the last few weeks, it seems all hell's broken loose. And we are running out of spaces and ICUs. And I'm trying to figure out just where did we go wrong and what happened between that late summer to early fall. And I know there was always talk of a second wave, but I'm like, you know, we knew that and we could have avoided it, which we were doing or I thought we were. And then comes this. And I think as I stated last week, um, I personally know some people that have now contracted this, and um, a person who I work with, uh, I actually, it, it's sad, but I saw it coming, because they had gone out, and they think they know how it happened, and it was when I saw it happen, it was when they went out to a bar, I think it was just no more than a few weeks ago, and they took off their masks, and they were in this area, and so far, the people that they were around have not contracted it, but they did. And I'm thinking, you know, I would have expected that to happen or this, you know, explosion of cases to happen from September around Labor Day. Um, I don't know. Where did we go wrong? And with the holidays coming up, it seems like the worst possible time to, you know, have people go back into their hole, so to speak. And I'm not sure if this is going to place a huge worry on those who will get even more depressed around the holidays, being as they're now being asked to really be away from family. But do you also see, like, a really, like, panicked situation of people trying to get as much as they can from stores here in the next few weeks? Absolutely. Um, here, Here is what I think happened. March happened. April happened. Uh, May, we were starting to kind of like, hey, you might want to start doing this stuff. June, July, August was right when we were really starting to push. And I'm by we, I mean the United States of America, the entire from coast to coast, including Alaska and Hawaii and Puerto Rico, um, everybody started really pushing masks, travel bans, um, social distancing, closing of of areas. If we're going to be reopening areas, then you have to do it this certain way. That was really the push through the summer. And I think that we were okay with that because of the, the lead into it. It was like, hey, everybody stay home, but you can still go out with your mask without a mask on. Hey, everybody right. stay home, but you could still, granted, stuff's closed, so you're not going anywhere, but where you can go, it's still like normal. So we eased into the whole thing. Now we're into, what, six months with mandatory mask requirements in most places, and I think people got tired. People got lazy. People got upset. People got sick of it. People got and and it's the standard kind of MO for Americans, and I hate to say this about us, but our attention span got lost 
You know, we were not like, hey, let's look at the long-term thing. We were like, I don't want to wear a mask right now. I want to go see my friends. I haven't seen them in six months, you know, or whatever the case you may be, like whatever voice you want to use. Um, So I think that's what happened. And then that's September, October really was that first month where we're like, okay, we've been doing this for three months and the numbers are going down and yay, we can start to relax. No. (laughs) That's exactly when you shouldn't. But then people did. And now we're having that uptick again. And I think that's, that's that wonderful roller coaster of things. At some point, though, and this is my opinion, so I'm going to say this, this is not the opinion of my co-host or anybody else. That, this is specifically mine. At some point, we've got to open up and just be done and just let whatever happens happen. And I know that's a very sad and a very craft way of looking at things. But if you're going to die, you're going to die. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. If you're going to get some kind of – the strain that's out right now is not the deadly strain. It's the it's a more survivable strain. Um, more people do survive the S strain that is currently out um, versus the original strain that was out in March that was, like, almost instantly killing people um, because it has mutated. At some point, we're going to have to let go. It's kind of like we're parents. And the fear of COVID is the teenagers. We're going to have to cut the apron strings at some point. Or we're living like this forever. And I don't think human existence can run like this forever. I just don't. Not, not without a lot of bumps. Right. And for now, folks, just do what they tell you to do. Wear a mask. Keep your social distance, please. Um, you know, we're too close to the holidays. Just don't fight it. Just do the right thing. It ain't cool being no jive turkey. So close to Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. You know, I have to find a way to put that in next, at least the next couple of weeks. But anyway, yeah, right. on to our other story tonight. A surprising study. Uh, from 538 and a great article this week about millennials who pretty much are leaving religion and they're not coming back. Uh, Millennials, according to the article, have earned a reputation for reshaping industries and institutions such as shaking up the workplace, transforming dating culture, and rethinking parenthood. They've also had a dramatic impact on American religious life as four in ten millennials now say they are religiously unaffiliated, according to the Pew Research Center. In fact, millennials, those between the ages of 23 and 38, are now almost as likely to say that they have no religion as they are to identify as Christian. And for a long time now, it wasn't clear whether this useful direct affection for religion would be temporary or permanent, and it seemed possible that as millennials grew older, at least some would return to a more traditional religious life. But there's mounting evidence that today's younger generations may be leaving it for good, and Pretty much what's going on, uh, as they said, that people who were raised religious find themselves drifting away as young adults, only to be drawn back when they find spouses begin to raise their families. Some even argue that young adults just haven't been pulled back into the fold of organized religion, especially since they were hitting major milestones like marriage and parenthood later on. 
And a new national survey from the American Enterprise Institute of more than 2,500 Americans found a few reasons why millennials may not return to the religious fold. Uh, it says, for one thing, many millennials never had strong ties to religion to begin with, which means they are less likely to develop habits or associations that make it easier to return to a religious community. Young adults are also increasingly likely to have a spouse who is not religious, which may help reinforce their secular worldview. And changing views about the relationship between morality and religion also appear to have convinced many young parents that religious institutions are simply irrelevant or unnecessary for their children. And according to the AEI survey, 17% of millennials said that they were not raised in any particular religion compared to with only 5% of baby boomers. And fewer than one in three, or 32% of millennials, say they attended weekly religious services with their family when they were young, compared with about half, 49% of baby boomers. Uh, and in 2016, a Pew Research Center study found that regardless of the religion, those raised in households in which both parents shared the same religion still identified with that faith in adulthood. Uh, 84% of people raised by Protestant parents were still Protestant, and so on. And it was not shocking to me um, about that study. And 74% of unaffiliated millennials have a non-religious partner or spouse, while only 26% have a partner who is religious. And I think that also is common sense, too, because when you look at it, someone who dates someone else or is married to someone else who is, leans a little bit more religious, I think it t tends to turn that person off. And they kind of, if they know about that before then, they're not going to get really on that same mindset because there's always going to be a clash. Um uh, but were you surprised by what you saw about that study? And we're now out of the millennial. Uh, <laughs> we're now out of oh, the millennial. Uh, darn. Uh, old there. I am by about a year. But uh, <laughs> were you shocked by what you heard? Not at all, actually. Um, a lot of my friends have either been religious and are no longer or um, – we're never really religious to begin with. And honestly, as, as I hear a lot more people saying that they're more spiritual than they are religious anymore, organized religion turns them off. There's a lot of scandal that goes along with it. There's a lot of background that goes along with it that they just don't want to be associated with, I guess. So no, it's not that big surprise. Wow. Uh, you know, you you said something interesting there, uh, where you said a lot more spiritual. Um, for those out there who question that, and I guess for those who are going to ask, wouldn't they say that spiritual kind of would almost be along the same line? I know it's without a a god or whatever. I know it, but <laughs> wouldn't some say that that's kind of on the threshold of almost being somewhat religious? And, and that's it. It's the difference between organized religion and just believing in some a being higher than yourself. Um, I would put myself in that spiritual category myself. Um, I am not part of an organized religion per se at this moment in time. I am very um, fluid when it comes to that. Um, but I do believe that there is a higher being. There is a higher calling. There is a whatever you want to call it, I, you know, in my case, I think there is a God out there, um, but that's just me. Um, I, but I'm also much more open to 
other people's face mm-hmm. and hearing what they think and being able to find connections between what I think and what they think. And that's where I think the spiritual part comes in versus religion. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up, uh, I tell people my, my world traveled has been, <laughs> it's been a wide <laughs> range of different religions and, and faiths because, of course, uh, like a few people, you know, I grew up around uh, my grandmother, uh, grew up in the Baptist church, uh, took us to services with her. Uh, <laughs> I could tell you as a young child sitting through a service that started at 10 and didn't end in, or 9 and didn't end until about 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Change my opinion. Um, and then, of course, you know, going through, uh, you know, Lutheran and then going to a Catholic high school and then going to, uh, you know, a college that's loosely based with, you know, a church and yeah, it's all across the gamuts and boards, and I will tell you, I'm kind of like you, where it's like, you know, um, I, I guess in a way, you know, we can all say that, you know, when we grew up, if we grew up in those households, and it makes more sense, because back then, and I say it's a generational shift, you know, baby boomers grew up around a time when their parents were, it was a more deeply religious era then. And as we've gotten to more of that separation of church and state and then taking things uh, such as, you know, under God out of the pledged schools and then other things that kind of, you know, it didn't really like, you know, force it down you. It's kind of like I think a lot of the baby boomers' parents uh, who were given more freedom to make that decision, some of them just didn't. Uh, and then that crossed over into their kids. And like the study says, a lot of those grew up with parents who were non-religious. And then at that point, they really didn't have like a guide or a model. So they pretty much were going to probably say, hey, you know, if my parents didn't do it, I'm not going to really stick to it unless I just find something that speaks to me. And for a lot of those millennials, they have not found things that speak to them. You know, I've I've talked with a few younger people, and they say that, you know, they felt that they were being judged when they went to church. So a lot of them, that's why they kind of stayed away from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is an interesting study, and it makes me wonder what the numbers would be like probably for even Generation Xers. it's probably not going to, I mean, because I know of a lot of Gen Xers or people within my age group uh, that still are religious, and it's probably the last uh, age bracket uh, in which there is probably going to be a higher number of people who are still seen as uh, affiliated with something, maybe not as deeply as their parents were, but they are loosely mm-hmm. probably affiliated with it, meaning they might go once in a blue moon or they do believe in some form of organized religion because that's what they grew up in. But, yeah, the younger people, right. it, it's a little bit different. Um, times have changed. and Well, that, yeah. that you brought up a good point. It's that whole when you go into a, a church service and you feel that you are being judged, that you are being persecuted, that you are being told this is the right way, this is the only way and you're doing it wrong. Um, that generation, the the millennial generation, has never been, I'm not going to say they've never been told they're doing it wrong, 
but they pride themselves. If you think about it, if somebody comes up and says, yeah, I'm a millennial, they're, the, that, they're part of that group of people that pride themselves on doing something different. They, not that I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it different. You know, you might think it's wrong because that's not how you did it, but I'm doing it this way. And look, it's coming up with really good results. So having an organized religion that doesn't move and breathe and, and shape the way that they are with the generation that they have, it's going to go the wayside of the, the dildo. I'm, I mean, you're going to end up with house phones, okay? Like religion is house phones. Only certain people still have landline phones in their homes. Because it's not because it's wrong or because that's the way it's always been done or any of those other reasons. It's just we're doing it different. And that's what they came up with. And I think that's kind of part of the reason why I think they step away from it as well. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the reasons. True. Yeah, so interesting study. I'm pretty sure we will see more as time goes on. But uh, definitely I'm pretty sure a lot of younger people can relate. Uh, no commentary this week, but I will tell you in advance of a preview of next week's commentary, it will take a look at a somber moment in American history. And one piece of history from that that we still have embedded in our brains, but a surprising soundbite from that era in which uh, it kind of explained uh, or kind of foretold how all other things are shaped. What is it? I'll tell you next week uh, here on page one and a special commentary. Uh, Still ahead on tonight's show, uh, I don't know how long this next topic will take. (laughs) So I will tell you uh, after these messages, uh, we'll do a live look at what's trending, and then we'll get into one of the other stories for tonight. Um, I can't even say it. I can't even give you a preview. Just have to hear it when we get to that point. This is page one on Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Block Talk Radio Nation, thank you for being with us here on page one with LaVar and Mary. Uh, Glad you're with us here tonight on this Friday the 13th. Uh, I'm going to go really quick through what's trending on Twitter tonight. Um, The number one, well, (laughs) I don't even know about it. Yeah, there's something about uh, YouTube channel creators that are soon going to be deleting their uh, site. Ah, yes. Yep. You're familiar with. They it. said that a year ago. Yeah, they they said a year ago. They set a timer, and the year is over today. Um, I know the YouTube creators. There are two of them, and yeah, mm-hmm. that that closes down today. So the uh, the fans of the YouTube channel, I'm going to get correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Eunice Anus? Close <laughs> <laughs> enough. Uh, the creators, uh, Mark Fishback and Ethan Nestor, uh, a lot of people paying tribute to Mark them. Fire, 
with the hashtag we were here uh that is the number one that's been throughout the day uh trending uh, mm-hmm. also uh smackdown wwe smackdown's trending tonight um and then also trending tonight and I'm not even going to go into it much, but Tim Allen is trending, and if you want to know why, you'll definitely have to go and check that out. Uh, Olivia Wilde is uh, trending as her and uh, Jason Sudeikis split after nearly 10 years together, this according to People. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> sexual chocolate is trending. Uh, the reason why... <laughs> Someone asked the question of what coming to America quote do you randomly say out loud? And I think we all do. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I'm going to get this one wrong too, but uh, PEMDAS is trending as math Twitter is being torn apart by what appears on the surface to be a pretty simple equation, but it doesn't seem to be after all of that. Um, and then uh, a lot of, like, I wouldn't say dirty stuff because I'm going to get in trouble if I say it. But uh, as one of the popular Minecraft streamers called Carl, Jacob, Carl Jacobs reveals, he has a YouTuber Dream whose real name is actually Clay, saved as Clay Dream in his phone. <laughs> so Carl is trending. <laughs> uh, and then... Yeah. One of the other things that's trending tonight is Curly. And the reason why it is trending is because, yes, in an interview with the Alabama Daily News on Thursday, Republican Senator-elect Tommy Tuberville shared his thoughts on a wide range of political topics, including the 2000 Bush versus Gore election, World War II, and the rules of the Senate. And people were questioning his election to the position after he made a statement, and I'm going to say it, and I quote, he says, you know, our government wasn't set up for one group to have all three branches of government. It wasn't set up that way. Our three branches, the House, the Senate, and Executive, the three branches of the U.S. government, uh, of course, we all know if you took uh, your Constitution test in eighth grade, it is the Executive, Judiciary, <laughs> Legislative. <laughs> so now, uh, trending on Twitter uh, has been the question, what are the three branches of government? Wrong answers only. And, of course, you know that Twitter never, ever fails to uh, – it never fails to uh, entertain. So you have to go and uh, pretty much see all that's happening. But uh, I know some people probably said Mo Larry Curley. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what's trending tonight on Twitter. Uh Something that also could be trending, especially after we're done with this one, is an interesting article that came out in the New York Post. Now, this is kind of going to be two stories in one, because when I mentioned this to my wonderful friend last night, I think this started about a one-hour conversation. And this comes from the New York Post, and I kid you not. Now, we're all adults here, and I'm going to not hide anything on the article. I'm not going to uh, re-edit a word. But the article that came out, it says that millions of women don't know where – well, before I even go into this, uh, kind of a PG-13 thing. So if you're listening with your kids, it's probably going to be best to uh, send them out of the room. (laughs) 
Uh, now you got your fair warning. But the New York Post article says that millions of women own vagina is located. And an estimated one-fourth of women don't know where it is, according to a new poll that was conducted by one poll, which found that 46% of ladies couldn't point out the cervix, and 59% suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. Only one in ten women passed the anatomy quiz, asking them to name all the parts of the female reproductive diagram. And Intamina, the Swedish women's health company that commissioned the study, included responses from 2,000 women. The spokesperson said the brand hoped to reveal a critical gap in American education. The fact that nearly one in four women in the survey misidentified the vagina and 46% could not uh, it says we need to keep educating the public about how to reproduce the system. Its monthly processes and uh, hormonal changes can impact a woman's life. One poll asked women to describe the menstrual cycle and found that many were confounded by the process. Some described periods as, quote, a detoxification like a periodical body reset button or something that, quote, got rid of bacteria. A quarter of responses described periods more approximately as, quote, the process a woman's body goes through to shed excess blood. However, 63% of women more accurately explain that the body is shedding its uterine lining. Menopause was not understood well either, with 13% defining it as a term to describe a missed period, while 10% figured it had something to do with turning 40. And while age is a factor, the number does not dictate when or why it takes place. And women were divided on whom to blame for their poor understanding of their own bodies, 36% 36% said their teachers failed, 28% resented parents, and 27% called for better public education standards. Now, my dear friend was uh, quite flabbergasted last night, the fact of these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> flabbergasted. That's a good way of putting it. I was dumbfounded. Um, I was speechless. Uh, it leads into it. I'm going to let you uh, discuss what you just heard there. Uh, I mean, is that highly possible that that percentage of people not know? How do you not know? I, I, that was the first question. I, how do you not know? I mean, I'm sorry. Were you asking people that were in their 90s, like that never masturbated? I'm sorry. I, I take that back. Nine, like the ladies in the nineties probably have, but come on, people, like women, we are. Oh, I, I don't. I don't even have words. I was flustered last night, and I'm flustered still. I don't understand how people can't know. Okay, we went into this a little bit last night um, on the phone, which uh, Lavar has said a million times. He wishes that he recorded some of these some of our conversations on days that we aren't on the, on the air. Um, and this is one of them. Um, we did give, I did give a break for like men not knowing because not all men know women anatomy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that would be the equivalent of not knowing where y'all penis is. Okay. As a dude, you would think you would know your stuff. As a woman, you would think <laughs> know your stuff. I just, I just don't know how people don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I'm so, <laughs> so lost in <laughs> I don't know. But I'm one so of the things that was interesting in that study that where the conversation really started for us was the fact that women were divided on whom to blame for their poor understanding of their own bodies. And just to repeat mm-hmm. it, 36% said their teachers failed, 28% resented their parents, and 27% called for better public education standards. Now, that is a high amount, even for that type of study, to blame teachers. Now, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they were attention in biology class, because that's one of the first things you're learning about biology. But uh, it brought to mind sex education, because, you know, with understanding the human body, also understands its sexuality. And as we were talking about last night, it's just how much blame uh, should be placed at the doorstep of educators in regards to uh, sex ed, now kind of going a little mm-hmm. bit away from the original study of the human body. Now, the human body, I can understand, but even then, that's basic biology. But when we start mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the sexual process or anything like that, I, it's that sticky wicket because I'm pretty sure we don't want to leave it to public educators to tell our kids about certain portions of reproducing. Well, let's, let's even take I mean, let's take this out of con- let's put this into real context here. We're not we don't even have to put the sex part in. They are not understanding the reproductive process. Yeah, that's why I said taking not the understanding the period. because that's the first part of it, and then the second part yeah, of it. Not understanding you know. what a period is, not understanding what menopause is, not understanding when those things happen and why. That is that is a reproductive process. Not even like granted, I'm not going to say. This. I am very open in my home about my sexuality, uh, about my gender, about welcoming those who have questions. And the reason I am that open is because no one was that open with me at the time that I thought I needed it. So I wanted to be that person that I didn't have. In that process, I've also made fun of things. So I could say to one of the teenagers that comes into my house, hey, name something that's not a uterus or the vagina, that's part of the female productive, reproductive system, like, and they can go the fallopian tube because it's, it's fallopian. I know that. But we made fun of it. it that's, now they remember it. Now lots of people are going to start calling it the Filipino tube. Here's the thing. I never once sexualized that. There was no sexualization of that concept. People are blaming educators, but I don't know that educators can educate people, children, teenagers, about biology in a way that will keep them not curious about the sexual component. They are tied. They are linked. You can take them apart, but they're still going to be there. And that's part of the reason why parents need to be involved. And that's why I'm glad that we did the thing with um, Be Silent. Uh, mm-hmm. Go back and listen to that to anybody that's listening tonight. Great information. Great talk. I want to do it again. We have hours worth of material. But what it comes down to is people are not talking. 
Yeah, and I was going to say, hopefully we will again. We just have to find subject matter experts, and we will actually get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where that debate is always going to be. Who who actually should be – because, and I think what we were saying last night or what I had told you was that, you know, times have changed now. You know, kids mm-hmm. can't really escape the sexuality of society. I don't, I'm not going to go into a huge mm-hmm. – Doomsday speech because I'm uh, I'm all for freedom of speech and being a little bit more open and but for them because of places like YouTube where the simple you know even a few words search will find quite a few things or because of things that are online now that seep their way through um, and with you know different sites. And it's not by a failure of them because they try to avoid that, and they try to not have kids see particular things, but you just can't stop it. You know, growing up for, and I'm um, pretty sure I can speak for Mary and I, is that, you know, the era that we grew up in, in which there was really no YouTube, (laughs) and, you know, the only thing that we would see is if, an older family member had Playboys or <laughs> somebody had uh, a porn tape laying around. That was pretty much mm-hmm. introduction is to like sexuality. But mm-hmm. nowadays with the computer age, it's kind of had to bring a lot of those things to the forefront right away as to where you might have to stop and now tell your child about these things a little earlier than what you want to. And or even as I always say with anything that a child should be learning or a young adult, it has to start with home first, and you've got to feel comfortable with having that conversation because we cannot rely, you know, on others to uh, teach our kids about things such as that that you may them to know particular things, if that makes sense. You know, if you want your kid to know about this stuff so that they can be careful and make that decision, teach them yourself. You know, because if they go out, quote, into the streets and they learn it from there, and then you're mad that they learned something that, you know, you kind of, they wish they knew a different way, then at the end of the day, that falls back on you to be there to be that person to sculpt and mold them. So... And that was something that came up last night. Yeah, no, that came up last night when we were talking about how, um, like I said, I didn't have that person, that adult, that that to, to, to kind of mold me to help. And I'm not saying that my parents didn't talk to me about it, but they were very much of a different generation. They were very much, it's abstinence and that's it. You don't do this until you're married. Like, we're not talking about it. That's not happening. It doesn't happen. Like, good people, good girls don't do that. You know, and, and that's what I grew up with. And, 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 yeah, it was a lot harder to get your, your hands on material or um, accidentally stumble across something that was a little risque. Um, so it was a lot more, it was, you know, our, like our horror, you know, like our sexual experiences on TV was like it panned out to a door and came out of focus. And then when you came back, they were both laying in bed with a sheet pulled up to their shoulders. Ooh, you see clavicle. And even those were later on in the evening. So you really had to have some really cool parents to like stay up and watch Dallas, you know, or whatever. 
Um, but this generation doesn't have that um, block, I guess, would be the best thing of doing it. The only, the only advice I can give, and, and I'm not saying I did it right by any stretch of the imagination, but the only advice I can give is if you don't feel comfortable with doing that, but you have a certain way of, ta- like, who you talk to, if the community raises your kids, you have a core group of people that help you raise your child. I don't care who you are. You can say you're a single parent and you are doing this on your own. You lie. I'm a single parent. I don't do this on my own. As much as I do a lot of it by myself, there are a lot of people that influence my child. And if I pick the right people to surround me, maybe if I don't feel comfortable, be like, listen, I don't feel comfortable with you talking to me about this stuff because I'm not comfortable with it, but I do know that this person is and this person I trust and this person I want you to trust too. Your kids are going to find out however they find out, regardless. We found out however we found out. And when I found out, when I lost my virginity, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now, I would have waited. Probably not until marriage. I still probably would have done what I did before marriage, but I would have waited a little bit longer. But I didn't know that then. I know it now. And this is my chance to impart that upon the newest generation that's <laughs> heading headlong into sexuality. But if they don't even know where their vagina is or how a period works, we have to step back. Forget having sex. You need to know what your body parts are. Like, let's right. start at the beginning. Like, we, let's time out. We're jumping six feet ahead when we haven't even gotten the basis done. It's, it's when I sit there and put my hands on my face and go, what are they not teaching you in schools? What are they right. not teaching you in the home? What am I not, what am I not doing? And then I'm going to have to go back and look at what I'm not doing as a person. That's me. Every parent's different. I understand that. And in my diatribe. But I could still go on to like. Why isn't this an awkward moment? <laughs> I can do this for hours. And I can do it You're right, but it also kind of brings to that whole question of just what are they learning in school? Because sometimes I think I'm more surprised every time by things that the current generation of students come out with not knowing. And I was like, but we learned that. Right. So were you not paying attention or did they take it out of the school? And I don't know what the current curriculum is in schools, but that's well, very disturbing let's, let's, that a again, lot of people let's play go, let's their go way not left knowing, field. Yeah. Let's take this way left field. Do you know how to change a tire on a car? Mm-hmm. A flat tire. If your car got a flat tire, do you know how to change it? You lift up the car and you change the tire. <laughs> okay, so you know how to change it. I know how to change a flat tire. Now, granted, changing a flat tire, doing it, and knowing how to do it are two different things. I may yeah. not be strong enough to do it, but I know how to. This generation, a lot of them don't. And that's like, and again, that it's completely left field. We're not even talking about people right now. We're talking about cars. You're driving them. Why are you not teaching them this stuff? Why are they not learning it? Why? Is it the convenience of being able to get that information so quickly that we just go, eh, they'll be able to figure it out? There's Google. It's a lazy way of getting out of things. Yeah. There's YouTube. 
Thank you, YouTube, how to change the tires. So, so your whole thing, in short, is that parents need to responsibility on and to make sure that their kids know about these things. Just engage with your children, please. Is that the long and short of it? Because I could, like I said, I could go on for hours. Yes. <laughs> All you parents out there need to get that done. You know? Nip it in the bud. Yes. <laughs> yes. Never in the bud. Well, we got a couple of minutes left. So usually when we have a couple of minutes left, that usually means that I have to go to a backup story here. Um, so I can keep going. Will, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave. This we didn't talk you. about the emotional aspect. We still have more emotional stuff that we didn't talk about. Oh, oh, oh! You know what? Thank you for reminding. Hey. You know, if you want to extend the show tonight, we can actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to that one, too. No, I'm just saying, we have more. <laughs> we talked for at least 45 minutes on this last night. We can absolutely do it. Uh, well, that I mean, two of us. I got time. If you got time, so no, I mean, it does matter. But uh, no, well, the other things, yeah, the emotional aspect of it all. And I think we were saying that, you know, when it comes to that, and I know um, the thing that I said, I know it's going to be controversial, is that um, women are a lot more emotional in regards to that than men would be, but they are, don't get me wrong, but they are always trained to not let it show. Um, oh, no, I agree with I that 100%. It, yeah, it would be, you know, shown as a weakness. And a lot of guys, they are emotional about it. And, you know, it's the thing is, is that, um, you know, you always see those movies where the guy uh, it comes off as, excuse me, like a hard ass, and it shows that he doesn't care. And then down the line, he's like, I did care. I always cared. I mean, he did. <laughs> so, right, right. You know, right. It's, there's an emotional tie when it comes to a sexual activity that I think women are more free to show that emotional tie and actually add that emotional tie to it. I don't know a lot of women that can compartmentalize sex from, um, I don't want to say love necessarily, but loving feelings, got that love and feeling. Um, So there is more there, I think, that is shown. Women do show that more. I think men do have the capacity for it, but they tend to compartmentalize it better. Right. And we did talk about that, and I agree 100%. Right. And that causes problems later on down the line. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. That's, that's a whole different other show. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, since we still have a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you the option okay. here on the final story for really quick. Uh, either something that exists that you could cause trouble at Thanksgiving dinner or uh, Legos? Um, Because we're not close enough to Thanksgiving. Let's do Legos. Okay. So pretty much stories come out today, and unless you are all those Lego fans out there, is your Lego figures are about to embark on heart-stopping adventures with chariot races and gladiatorial combat. But first, you'll need to assemble the 9,036 pieces to create the Colosseum in Rome 
the largest Lego brick set launch to date. Uh, architecture buffs as well as Lego fans will find plenty to admire here, as the epic Lego model features a recreation of the three distinct stories from the Colosseum, which each of those stories adorned uh, with the columns of the Dork, Ionic, and Corinthian orders. Uh, Lego uh, unveiled the set yesterday. Uh, it has now snatched the record for biggest Lego set from the 7,541-piece Star Wars Millennium Falcon, which was released back in 2017. Uh, they have taken pains with the details of the kit. Three shades of brick colors give it an authentic look. Lego even counted the ribs that make up a key part of the spectator stands. There are 80 of them. Once completed, the set will be 10.5 inches high, 23.5 inches long, and 20.5 inches wide. Uh, they recommend the ambitious brick kit for builders 18 and up. It will be available in Lego retail stores and on Lego.com starting November 27th, which is Black Friday. Uh, it is listed at 5 Hundred fifty bucks. Oh, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> it will take some time to build. Uh, it looks very nice, but uh, it, I've seen some pictures of it. I don't have any place it, for something uh, like that, but oh, I want that. Oh, are you I like want a really? So no bad. matter how hard the Lego kit is, I mean, are you like prepared oh, I for love that? Legos. Yeah, no, I love Legos. I have Lego sets that are still put together. Now, granted, I've got, like, a bin of Legos that have been taken apart, you know, like the sets that we don't necessarily care as much about. But I still have Lego sets that are still put together that are on display in my bedroom, uh, in my living room, in my dining room. So, yeah, and I, I love Legos. I and And that was one of the things that got me through the first couple of years of being a single parent. Um, that was something that we can bond over. And it was nice because we could still do that. We could still sit down and just be like, have our thing and still have quiet time, but then still have moments where we could talk. So it was it was a nice little activity that kind of, you're not necessarily looking at somebody else and you get to right. still put stuff together. So yeah, it's, I love Legos, love, love, love. Yeah, but I, I have no place for it. So I I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it's that's that's five hundred and fifty bucks, man. Think of that. That's that's like mm-hmm. a nice little cell phone that you're going to buy a Lego kit for. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely an ultimate mm-hmm. Christmas Lego fan on your list. So yeah, that's uh that is quite large. But uh with that yeah. any shout outs this week, anything to note? I actually do. Um, there's a couple of people that have helped me along the way um, this last week, so thank you to those people. Uh, one of them very close and near and dear to my co-host, so thank you to him. Um, but then also, happy birthday to Adrian. He uh, had a birthday today, and uh, he's turning old, and <laughs> I wanted to give him a shout-out for happy birthday. So happy birthday to Adrian. That's awesome. Yeah, he's turning old. I like, I like that. How old is he? Old. <laughs> old. It's <laughs> lovely. It's a safer number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shout outs on this end, but I will say for all of you, uh, we hope that you have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here 
uh, next week uh, with another edition of Page One. Same time, and in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Mary's over at Lou Eyes Mama. I'm over at News Comet BTR. And uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And in the meantime, stay safe, wear a mask, practice social distancing, wash your hands, <laughs> and above all, uh, just be safe. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.